Welcome. Welcome in to Sports Talk Chicago. All gas, no brakes. If you're looking for the same old sports talk, get out. You've come to the wrong place. Hey, we ain't come this far just to come this far, you hear me? I tell you what I see, I tell you the truth. We going hard today. We're fearless, bold, and highly opinionated. This here show. This show is so hot right now. The biggest guests, the hottest takes, and the best interviews live right here. Do you actually remind me of Dan Patrick? Because you ask great questions, you have the knack, you have the gift. On Sports Talk Chicago. Yo, Chicago. Here's your host. The guy's an absolute stud. John Zagul. Finally, Bears are getting some love from the national media. Sports Talk Chicago. Here with John Zaglow. Appreciate you tuning in. Subscribe to the channel for more Chicago Bears content from a number of different content creators, including myself, former NFL player Corey Wooten, and former NFL tight end Clay Harbor. Follow us everywhere at Sports Talk Chicago. Make sure you support our sponsor, Amish Country Farms. We have done a crusade on this program on the national media simply hating on the Chicago Bears for really no reason. Granted, last year they might have been right when they said the Bears would be the worst team in football. But was that too early of a prognostication? Was that too aggressive in the wrong way? And even after this season, we've seen some people, mainly from ESPN, say that the Bears didn't have the best offseason, didn't do too much to improve, and will not be amazing in 2023. We've done our best to expose all of this, and we know that a lot of this stuff is written or said to get this angry reaction from fans and content creators like myself in Chicagoland. It does work, but nevertheless, it's a dumb way to do business, in my opinion. So it is nice when we see the opposite in the national media, when we see level-headed people actually tell the truth about this organization and the path in which they're going coming into 2023, coming into the new season. Mike Jones of The Athletic thinks that the Bears have actually had one of the bigger off-seasons in the NFL amongst all the teams. He said this about the Bears, quote, Don't sleep on Chicago, which took an aggressive and impressive approach to upgrading on both sides of the ball while continuing the mission of building around Justin Fields, now is the time to strike with Green Bay forced into reset mode. Almost sounds like something I would say, like an exact quote, and what a lot of other people have said too. I just appreciate somebody who gets it, somebody who sees it, somebody who knows what's really going on here in Chicago. For once, there's a national media member who's not trying to be a Skip Bayless or a Stephen A. Smith, but somebody who actually knows and is plugged into the situation and has come here to cover this team and knows the mission of Ryan Pauls and Matt Eberflus and where this team's going to be going in 2023 and really beyond. An aggressive and impressive approach to upgrading on both sides of the ball here this offseason. I would agree with that. We talked at length even last week about how great the Bears have been in spending money and investing in this team on both sides. They've spent a ton of money when it comes to linebacking help. We all know they still need an edge rusher, but chances are they're going to sign somebody before the season begins. On the offensive side of the ball, there's enough to be said. The DJ Moore trade, the Bears trading the number one pick. They have Darnell Mooney. They have Chase Claypool. They've upgraded their own line a bit. Darnell Wright via the draft. They have a great running back situation, which I think is going to be the most underrated part of this team. 
Roshan Johnson, who you drafted very late in this draft, could be your RB1 by week eight. Oh, by the way, Justin Fields is going to be in his second year under Luke Getze and his second year under Matt Eberflus. Things are going to change for the better. He's going to become more acclimated with this offense. He's going to have more weapons at his disposal, and he is going to dominate more than he even did last year. And the win-loss results will prove that and back that up. So it's nice to see somebody understand, somebody get it, somebody know what's going on in Chicago. It even says in this article from Sports Mockery after that quote, the Chicago Bears have no reason to fear this division. And even the writer from The Athletic Mike Jones says, now is the time to strike for the Bears with Green Bay forced into reset mode. Very true. Everybody bashed on the Bears last year when Ryan Poles just came in, claiming it was time for a reset, and it certainly was. The Bears were way over the cap. They were going to end up paying so much money in dead money, the players they cut, aging roster, no weapons for Fields, horrible offensive line. Fields himself needed development. And the Bears had really no draft picks even. They didn't even have a first-round draft pick. That was forfeited due to Ryan Pace and trades beforehand. So Ryan Poles came in knowing this was going to be a big project. And look where they are in the matter of one year. Now, granted, Green Bay could do the same thing. Theoretically, they could tank for a year, get the first pick, do a good job when it comes to cutting old contracts, cutting ties with older players, and kind of retooling on the fly and only having a year or two being down to the dumps. But the point is, at this moment, the Bears have the upper hand, and they have to take advantage. Like Mike Jones says, they do. This is not the time to sit back and relax or say, oh, the Bears still have another year or two to go. No, this is the time, this is the year to make a statement. I'm not asking for a Super Bowl. not even asking for a division title. I'm not even fully asking for a playoff appearance. It'd be nice, and I kind of expect it, but I just want to see improvement. And I'm not talking about going from three to six wins. I'm talking about going from three to eight or nine to contending for a wild card spot to the final weekend. If they don't get it, fine, but how close did they come what do they need to improve on for next year? This is the most true statement I've seen from the national media. Now is the time to strike with Green Bay forced into reset mode. It's so true. Because who's really going to run away with this division at this point? Answer is I don't know. But it won't be Green Bay unless Jordan Love becomes an MVP in a matter of a year. And this is really going to be his rookie year, technically. This is going to be the first time he plays 16, 17 games in a season, let alone even starts a game. This is the time to strike if you're Chicago. And I'd like to think Ryan Poles knows that. Because everybody said this is going to be a two- to three-year rebuild, and by year three, they're going to be good or a Super Bowl contender. Well, a matter of a year, the Bears have gone from over-the-cap, dead-cap space, no weapons, no help, to... Tons of cap room, top pick, turned it into many picks, brought in weapons, and signed a lot of people, paid out a lot of money in free agency to upgrade so many different parts of your team. You don't spend that kind of money in free agency without a goal in mind. You don't just spend money to spend it, especially if you're quote-unquote tanking or trying to lose. In fact, you do the opposite, like the Bears did last year, cutting old contracts, paying out dead cap, and letting the team ride out. 
Look where they are now. They have spent significant money this offseason to upgrade their linebacking core, to upgrade their offensive line, upgrade the receiving core, running backs, and everything around Justin Fields offensively. Not to mention the draft picks they made and the fact that as of today, they are still in on a number of free agents, mainly offensive linemen and edge rushers. That is not over. Matt Eberflus said last week they're still trying to sign an edge rusher before training camp in August. So there's still a ways to go for the Bears in constructing this roster ahead of 2023. But we do know one thing. They have spent significant money. We know another thing. Green Bay has been forced to reset because they have nothing right now. They are in flux. Unless they have some sort of miracle and Jordan Love just wows everybody, throws for 4,000 yards and puts on an Aaron Rodgers-type performance, they're going to have a tough go at it this year. They're going to be 500 if they're lucky. The Lions still, as of today, are the betting favorite to win this division. And even the Lions last year had issues. They turned it on late, went 9-8, and eight, but that doesn't mean they're a lock. Nobody is a lock in this division, which makes it by default wide open. And if that's the case, the Bears have a chance. They have an opportunity to capitalize. And Ryan Poles knows that. I know he knows that because he spent so much money and allocated so many, so much time and resources towards bringing in new veteran talent at a good price. He has upgraded this roster. He is committed to spending money because he knows this is the year the Bears need to make a significant move. Doesn't mean Super Bowl, but it does mean contending for a playoff spot, potentially winning this otherwise weak division. Talked about it in the past, and we'll say it again. The Eagles were an under-500 team, one of the worst in football. They fired Doug Peterson. They draft Jalen Hurts. Hurts plays a couple of games, goes back and forth with Carson Wentz during that horrible season. Next year, they go 9-7, and seven, barely make the playoffs. They get booted first round. Year after that, they're in the Super Bowl. That progression went from worse to Playoffs, but really not that good to Super Bowl contender. The Bears now have completed step one. They were the worst in football. We all know that. They fired their head coach just the year before and their GM. They made significant changes. This year should be a 9-7 and seven type year. It should be, hey, they're going to barely win the division because it's so weak, or they may make a wild card spot because the NFC is weak. And they could go 9-8 and eight or maybe 10-7, and seven, luck out, and get a playoff spot. Year after... And the Bears spend even more money to an extent. Justin Fields further develops. They should be contending for something great. They're right on track. We all know what their timeline should be. And we know where they stand today based on the moves they've made, the money they've spent, the resources they've allocated. We also know where they are based on Justin Fields' progress in year two of this Getsy and Eberflus system. So this report from The Athletic could not be more true. Don't sleep on Chicago, which took an aggressive and impressive approach to upgrading on both sides of the ball while continuing the mission of building around Justin Fields. Now is the time to strike with Green Bay forced into recent mode. All of what I just explained is summed up in those two sentences. Somebody else gets it. And it's not a local Chicago person. It's actually somebody nationally. Because I've heard local Chicago people 
stick with mediocrity. Say it's okay for the Bears to go 6-11, 7-10. We're not expecting anything. This is still going to be a rebuild year. Nonsense. Stop settling for mediocrity. You know where everything stands. You know the situation of this division, the teams in it, and then the Bears. It's like in baseball right now, the NL Central, AL Central, right? AL Central, every team's under 500. The White Sox could easily win that division if they wanted to, and they're not. Cubs, kind of the same thing. The Reds are hot, but everybody else is under 500 trying to battle for that top spot. Cubs could easily win it, but they're not yet. I don't want the Bears to be in that situation. The Bears should not be going 7-10. and 10. The winner of the division goes 8-9 and nine and everybody's happy. I would not be happy if that were the case. The Bears have spent too much money, allocated too many resources, and have sold the media on the progress of Justin Fields to an extent where there's no turning back. There's no, well, they went 8-9, that's a success. No. In my opinion, 9-8 and eight minimum, contending for a wildcard spot to the last week minimum. If not, really should be making the playoffs. And if they don't, I would say it's a failure. And I would say that this writer here, Mike Jones, agrees. You don't need to listen to all these local people who tell you, give it more time. I'm all for patience. I'm all for rebuilding. But this team has really demonstrated this offseason that they're past the initial rebuild stages. This isn't the 2012 Cubs where they're cutting everything, slashing payroll, and putting out AAA players on the field. The Bears already did that. We're past that stage. We're past watching EQ St. Brown and all these other nobodies get more time than they should on the field. Watching Bayless Jones, Muff kick returns. I mean, it's over. We're past that point. Dante Pettis dropping passes. We're, we're, we're way past that. That's it. That was last year. This year, we're going to see some quality talent on the field, people who are paid significant amounts of money to come here and dominate, as they should be. We're past that. Don't let anybody trick you into thinking, oh, 7 and ten's fine. No, it's not. Enough money's been spent, and enough has been done to justify minimum 9 and 8. And I like that some people with a level head and reason in the national media see it. Don't settle for mediocrity and don't listen to anybody who says this year the Bears are still going to be a bottom feeder. No way. Look at this division. Look at the moves they've made and look at Justin Fields. If they are near a bottom feeder, then something went seriously wrong. And we have to keep that in mind as the 2023 season opens up. Turns out Justin Fields really misses Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney. Sports Talk Chicago, here with John's Glow. Appreciate you tuning in. Subscribe to the channel for more Chicago Bears content. Hit us up all over at Sports Talk Chicago. Make sure you help out our sponsor, Amish Country Farms. Link is in the description. So Justin Fields misses Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool. You may think this is a non-story. Why are you doing a video about this? Well, so many reasons, but it shows chemistry. It shows trust, and really it shows that Justin Fields misses his weaponry, which the Bears have spent money trying to bring in. Fields said this in regards to Mooney and Claypool, quote, Chase has been out, what, the past two weeks? Fields said at the conclusion of minicamps, I feel like when Chase was practicing with us, we did get things down a little bit. I think he grew tremendously from last year until now, so I think we got a base in with Mooney, 
feel like I'm already connected with Mooney, so that's fine. But it's just going to be great having those guys back on the field and having them healthy for training camp instead of having them come out for three or four practices, risking further injury. The biggest thing for them was health. Matt Eberflus went on to say that he expects both Mooney and Claypool to be ready for training camp, barring any setbacks as well. I think these are great, positive, and encouraging quotes from Justin Fields. And again, something that maybe others would gloss over, but it's important. It's important to hear Fields say, first and foremost, that he misses both players, but that specifically with Mooney, he misses him, but he has the connection. And I think that was seen tremendously, not last year, but the year before. Darnell Mooney eclipsed the 1,000-yard mark for the first time in his career. Now, granted, he needed one extra game to do it, the new game that they added in, but it still counts. And Justin Fields was the signal caller for the majority of that time. Last year, a little bit of a down year before the injury, but it was also a new offense. And Fields got more opportunities to run rather than throw. Mooney, of course, got hurt there back in November. And he's still recovering from that injury. Half the year was cut short by injury. The real interesting part is Chase Claypool. You know, we just did a video on him two weeks ago after reports came out that Claypool isn't motivated and is not meshing well with the team inside the locker room. But now we hear from Justin Fields saying, Chase grew tremendously from last year until now, so we have a base in. It adds to the mystery and the enigma of Chase Claypool, and I don't know what's true and what isn't. And obviously, Justin Fields has to say this, considering that media's there and everybody's wondering what the hell's going on with Chase Claypool. I get it. He has to be a good ambassador for his team, and he's not going to throw one of his teammates under the bus during minicamp. That'd be dumb. I still feel like there is truth to that initial report about Claypool not being motivated, not being interested, not wanting to practice. And again, at the end of the day, we're going to have to see what he does during the season or to understand what's right and what's wrong. I could see this being somewhat the case, what Field said. Sure, I'm sure he did grow tremendously from last year until now, obviously. He gets an offseason to learn the system. He was practicing at least a little bit with Fields till he got hurt. I'm sure he's grown. I mean, why wouldn't he? If he didn't, there'd be a problem. So I think part of that statement's true, but I don't know how much he's grown and what's going to happen come week one of the season, and even week eight, week 10, week 17. How much is Claypool going to play? How many reps and targets will he get? What kind of numbers is he going to put up? Will he even be a relevant factor of this offense? Well, I can say this with certainty. If he doesn't practice, if he never recovers, if he's unmotivated even, he will not put up legitimate results. If all those factors are still in on his head, it won't translate to success on the field. That I know for sure. So I don't know what the deal is with Chase Claypool. I trust the reporting that came out a couple of weeks ago about him and about his situation. And I somewhat trust what Justin Fields has to say, somewhat. But I also know he has to put on a brave public face because there are legitimate and rightful questions about Chase Claypool and his involvement with this team. And it's not wrong to say that. I think it's very true. So we have to understand and try to sift through what's being said, what's true, what is it.
I think it's true that Chase Claypool's unmotivated. I think it's true based on his injury status, him not practicing, and obviously last year's poor performance being traded to the team mid-year. He has a lot to prove this year. Contract year on top of it. No matter what, though, what I find encouraging is that even though Chase Claypool's been a thorn in the Bears' side, Justin Fields didn't say that and wouldn't admit to it. Shows the character there for Justin Fields of a true leader. Somebody who cares about his teammates' success, somebody who's willing to lift up his teammates when they're down, and somebody who's there for them when things get difficult. And I love to see that from Fields. Not every quarterback's like that. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers, blaming everybody, causing problems, throwing his teammates repeatedly under the bus almost every week. I don't see Justin Fields doing that. You could argue Rodgers has more of a motivation to do that, more of an incentive. He's been around the league longer, but... In my opinion, you could be Tom Brady, you could be Justin Fields, you could be a horrible quarterback. Mike Glennon, you have no right, no matter who you are, in my opinion, to throw other people under the bus. So I like that Fields is not doing that and being the best public ambassador for this team that he could be. Being a quarterback is much more than doing great on the field. You have to have a good image. You have to be somewhat of a PR person in a sense, and I think Justin Fields, to his credit, fits that role. He knows how to lead men, great leader, needs to work on his passing, which we all know, but he's gotten better. And this right here is a sign of maturity beyond his years. Because I could understand how it might be difficult in the moment to sit there and encourage and be positive about somebody who was just reported as being unmotivated. But he didn't. He sucked it up. He didn't say anything or give any negative answer about Chase Claypool at all. And I like that. And then obviously Darnell Mooney. I mean, saying that I feel like I'm already connected with Mooney, that's fine. That is a huge quote. And I'm sure that it's true. Obviously it is based on past statistics and playing together for a couple of years. But there's confidence right there. You know, we've seen some reports saying Justin Fields has been a little bit um, abrasive in throwing the football during camp. He's been a little bit trigger unhappy, if you will. He's been worried about it. Hasn't been as aggressive as probably he should have been, but we have seen some reports saying that him and DJ Moore are making a connection. Him and Chase Claypool, not so much. But him and Darnell Mooney already have one. So the point is, he has two receivers as of right now already who he can trust. And he could go to no problem, and there's no worry. There's no, I don't know if I should throw it to him. He could throw it in their general direction, and they could leap up if they need to and make a spectacular catch. That's so important for Justin Fields and for his success and his continued development to know, hey, I have two guys I could trust, not just one or none. Last year, he had none. Really, because Mooney got hurt. Claypool was horrible, and the Bears, I mean, who else did they have? What, Dante Pettis, EQ St. Brown? I mean, Vanish Jones, who was kind of a running back, wide receiver hybrid, he had nobody last year, frankly. To hear now that he has two legit, trusted sources to throw the football to is huge. And if Chase Claypool somehow gets his act together, that makes it even better. Because if Justin Fields can have three or even four trusted targets, it makes things much more difficult for the defense to cover and it makes Justin Fields more successful and then more willing to throw the football, which is the big thing for this year for him. 
throwing the football, developing into being a thrower, not just a runner. He needs to throw more. We all know that. And he can't do it, or he couldn't do it last year when pressure all the time, no offensive line, and then no one to really throw it to. The people he threw it to just dropped the football repeatedly. And he had no names or no weapons. Tony already has two this year that he fully trusts in DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney's huge. And if Chase Claypool turns it around, there's a third, not counting maybe EQ St. Brown getting some reps. Throwing the balls to his running backs. Khalil Herbert's going to be back. Rojo's going to be in the mix. So this is all great news. And this is why I said to open up this video, a lot of people might just skip it. No, who cares? Nice quotes from Justin Fields. Let's move on. No, there is a lot more behind this than just, wow, Justin Fields is happy and excited and he misses his two wide receivers, his two guys. There's a lot more that goes into it. There are a lot of layers to this story other than, oh, nice quotes from Fields. There's a nice paragraph. Let's move forward. This is exciting to hear. And for a team that is going to pride itself this year, I would say, on not only progress, but still further development and getting to a point where maybe they're 500 and contending for a playoff spot, these quotes are huge. More importantly, and more than anything, to hear Justin Fields say that he misses Darnell and Chase, and then on top of it, he's having great connections with DJ Moore. This has been overdue. Justin Fields from day one, has deserved an outlet. He's deserved somebody to trust. And really, from day one, he's had nobody to trust. I mean, think about it in the beginning. His head coach hung him out to dry. And soon after, his head coach and his GM were fired. During that year, he had no offensive line. New GM, new head coach comes in. How could he trust them? He doesn't even know if he's going to be the quarterback moving forward. The Bears tank. <laughs> He has no offensive line, no wide receivers. Nobody can even catch the damn football. Justin Fields, for the first time in his NFL career, has somebody on the field and even upstairs that he could trust. This is going to be the first year in which we see trust being a key for Justin Fields and being an asset rather than a liability. Trust. I can trust my three top wide receivers to make a catch when I need it. I can trust upper management, and their pledge to me to make me the face of this franchise. I could trust my head coach and my offensive coordinator to scheme what's best for me. He never had that before. Matt Nagy tried to screw him. And Ryan Pace was fired soon after and did nothing that year to help him. Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus came in, and last year was a whole learning process. But Luke Getzey on top of it. Learning the offense, learning how to play offense with Justin Fields, not signing anybody, tanking for the entire year, and losing on purpose to get that top pick. This is the first time he could trust the plan upstairs, he could trust his coach and his OC, and he could trust his personnel on the field. He has weapons for once. He has a vision for once, a scheme. There's a plan for this franchise. And these quotes, as minute as they may appear, are relevant to all of that. It all goes back to trust. This is exciting if you're a Bears fan. And although these quotes seem minuscule at best, it goes back to trust. It's encouraging to see, encouraging to hear, and that should be the theme of this entire season for the Bears. And for Justin Fields, really, trust.
Fields could finally say, wow, I'm able to trust everything that's come along with this team. Coaching, personnel, general management, ownership. I can actually trust everything, so I don't need to worry about who we're going to sign, what we lack, what the problems are with this roster. I'm going to go out there and sling it and do the best that I can. That is exciting. That is encouraging. And all of that goes back to these quotes here. So the title of this video is Justin Fields misses Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney. And that's true. But there's so much more to it. And these quotes that Justin produced the other day, I'm very happy to see. How about this from Robert Tunyon? He says, quote, the NFC North is wide open. I agree. Sports Talk Chicago, Herbert Johns Glow, appreciate you tuning in. Subscribe to the channel for more Chicago Bears content. Hit that like button and also support our sponsor, Amish Country Farms. Link in the description. Follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago and hit us up on the podcasting front wherever you get your podcasts. Robert Tunyon says the NFC North is wide open and I could not agree more. And I think many of you feel the same way. We've talked about this number of times almost every week it comes up because as we hurtle towards the 2023 season and others claim that the Bears maybe shouldn't be where they are or they're going to take another year it's important to understand reality and in this situation reality needs to reign true. Robert Tunyon is no stranger obviously to reality. He said this quote it's wide open, the NFC North. That's the best part. Everyone is young. Everyone is new. You have good players in every team. That's the thing. There is no favorite, and it's wide open, and that's exactly where you want to be. Says in this article from USA Today, the perception is that it's a two-team race for the division between the Lions and Vikings. The Bears are the underdogs, and Tunyon wouldn't have it any other way. He also said this, quote, I love where we're at, overlooked, underrated, whatever you want to call it but they still got to step on the field because they've got to see us. I'm excited. I love the attitude, and I love the truth that's being spewed from Robert Tunyon's mouth. It's 100% true. It's 100% accurate. Pundits around the country and even here in Chicago, local people, think the Bears have no chance. And these are people who are established, who are in the business, who think they know what's going on when it comes to sports media and NFL stuff. They don't believe the Bears have any opportunity to win this division, let alone make the playoffs this year. A lot of people, more than you think, believe that this team is going to be a 7-6 win team, going to be straddling the fence, going to be under 500 for sure, and need at least another year or two to be a contender in this division. And Robert Tunyon has accurately said that that's wrong. He is right to say it's wide open. Look at this division, look at these teams, and look at where everybody stands today. The Vikings are prepared to go downward. Last year, they had the same point differentials they did the year before, and the year before, they went 8-9 and and fired everybody. Got rid of their GM and their head coach. Same point differential the year after, they had a lot of luck and won. Are they going to do that again with Kirk Cousins on top of it? The Lions got hot late and propelled themselves to a 9-8 record. They are really the favorite to win this division, according to many sports books, and that's nice. But can they replicate that? Is Jared Goff going to be the full answer? Can they finally do something significant as far as postseason stuff goes? 
We don't know because they have no experience with it. And even last year, as encouraging as the season was, they still missed out on the playoffs and they went 9-8. and eight. The Packers have Jordan Love starting in his first full season. They've lost a lot of players. They've even lost coaching personnel like Luke Getze, now Nathaniel Hackett. What are they going to do? And then you have the Bears, who have spent tons of money, are developing Justin Fields more and more, have given him weapons, have given this team in general weapons. Picked very wisely in the draft and have absolutely nothing to lose. Who would you take out of those four teams? I don't blame you if you say Detroit, because they are the odds-on favorite, and they have a year of success built in. 9-8 last year, went on a big run late, and trying to build off that in 2023. I don't blame you if you pick them. But if you pick the Vikings or the Packers over this Bears team, they're crazy. The Bears have every right and every chance to win this division equal to the Lions, the Packers, and the Vikings. And Robert Tunyon's correct to say that it's wide open. Everyone is young. Everyone is new. You have good players in every team. That's the thing. There is no favorite. And it's wide open. And that's exactly where you want it to be. That's it. Tunyon said it best. The Bears are overlooked and overrated. Nobody thinks they're going to do anything, even their own media members that they love, that they need to come in to cover press conferences, that they don't want to criticize that. Because if you criticize the Bears too much, you don't get in the media stuff. Even their own media members are claiming, I don't know about this season, why not? There is no excuse. None. No excuse for, oh, hey, we went 6-11, and 11, we doubled our win total, yay. Congratulations, big celebration. No. This team has spent too much money, has invested too much resources, time, and money to not be good. They have to do something this year, and Tunyon's right to say anything's possible, everything's in play, and it's wide open. Of course it is. He knows. Everybody on this team knows. They are drowning out the media BS that's being pushed because they know. It's not going to end like this. They're not just going to go like, okay, well, yeah, you know, they, they say we're going to be seven games under 500 still, but we're going to improve a bit. Sounds good to us. No. They have a fighting attitude and a fighting spirit, and the idea is we are going to be good and we could do anything. Anything's possible, and it truly is. I compared this in a separate video, and I'm going to do it again, to the NL Central and the AL Central in baseball because that's what it is. In both those divisions, every team is straddling the 500 mark. Nobody has come forth to win that division yet, or no one's even demonstrated that they want to win that division. Everybody's in it. We're halfway through the MLB season. Everybody's in it. Same here for the NFC North. Everyone's in it. There is not one clear favorite. There's not somebody where you could say, okay, yep, they're going to win it. For years, it was Minnesota and the Packers back and forth, back and forth. Not the case this year for either team. Minnesota could claim that they're the favorite because they just won the division and they had a dominant quote-unquote season. The peripherals suggest they got lucky big time. Detroit could suggest that they are the favorite based on how good they did last year to end the season, but that's not confirmed. The Packers have nothing to say. Might as well be silent. There is nothing to say for them. I mean, I don't even know what you could say. What, Jordan Love's going to throw for 4,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, 10 picks, and lead this ragtag squad to a 12-win season? Come on. 
Then you have the Bears who are not saying anything because they're not going to be cocky and arrogant and stupid. They're not saying, oh, we're the best, we're the greatest, we're the favorites. So they haven't said anything. They haven't backed themselves into a corner. But the moves they've made have suggested that this is going to be a big turning point type season. They've signed a lot of players. They've spent a lot of money. They've equipped Justin Fields with legit weapons, not EQ St. Brown and Dante Pettis and Bayless Jones. This is going to be a better year than many realize. Some have said the Bears have won this offseason already. And no matter what, I could say this with confidence, they have been the most aggressive team of the four in this division this offseason. No doubt. They've spent the most money. They've been most aggressive when it comes to the draft, and they have a quarterback that they're really trying to develop and get ready for 2023. There is no doubt in my mind that they are the most aggressive team out there in this division. So why would that translate to a six or seven win season tops? See, doesn't that sound stupid? There are a lot of people pushing that narrative. Why? Tunyon is right to say what he's saying. He is right to suggest anything's possible. He's right to suggest it's wide open. And he's very right to suggest, and I can't believe he even said this, there are no favorites. Best line of his entire quote, there are no favorites. He is so right. Detroit might be the betting favorite, the odds-on favorite today, but... But doesn't mean that they're going to run away with this division. Nobody knows who's going to win it yet. This is one of those years where you walk in not even understanding what this division could be. And that's exciting. That's what I would prefer. I hate walking in every year knowing, okay, that team's going to win it. This team's going to be in the you know NFC Championship, and we know who the Super Bowl matchup's going to be. I hate that. NBA's done that for freaking 15 years now. That's why I hate the NBA. It's the same here. In this division, it's always been, okay, Green Bay, Minnesota. Green Bay, Minnesota. One year the Bears flip on a radar, and then Green Bay, Minnesota. Every year you know who's going to be at the top, and it's boring and annoying. And for once, there is no favorite. None. Nobody has a clue. And we're in late June, almost July. And that is intriguing, and that is the exciting part. And that's what I'm happy about. There is no favorite. There's nobody who could say, yep. They're going to win. Green Bay can't say it. Detroit could kind of say it. Minnesota's going to say it, but they don't really mean it. And the Bears aren't saying anything. And that's the way it should be. So Robert Tunyon is correct in making this quote and in making this claim. And we're going to have to see how things play out. There are no favorites. There's no one who's going to run away with this title. We don't know anything. And I'd rather it be that way than, yeah, it's going to be another Packer year, going to be another 12-4 and Packer season. Or oh, the Vikings made a lot of moves. Kirk Cousins, they're going to win out this season. We don't know. I don't know. And Tunyon's right to say what I've been feeling and what many other Bears fans have been feeling and what some media members have been feeling, just not all of them, and I'm disappointed. I mean, you can't accurately say, especially for somebody who follows this team here in Chicago, that I'm expecting a six-win season. I'm expecting more semi-mediocrity and then for them to really turn it on in 2024. I do not see that at all. I don't know why you'd be lowering expectations for a team that just spent hundreds of millions of dollars in money and made 
big trades in the draft and brought in a true WR1. How could you say, well, they may not be that good this year, maybe six, seven wins. Come on. Let's heighten those expectations and let's get on the Robert Tunyon train, which is there are no favorites and this division is super wide open. Anything's possible. We have to wait till the season progresses to understand what things are going to look like. But until then, don't go with the lazy narrative of, well, they're going to be good in two years. It won't be 2023. It's going to be the year after. No. Robert Tunyon's right. Anything is possible. And this team is on the up and up. Thanks for watching today's show here on Sports Talk Chicago. Big thank you to John Meadows, directing and producing for all of you for tuning in. Subscribe to the channel for more Chicago Bears content. Hit us up all over on social at Sports Talk Chicago. And help out our sponsor, Amish Country Farms. Link is in the description. So long, everyone.